This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is hit well in a center field. That one's carrying out at center. It's out of here! Oh, Johnny with a pinch hit home run! At the plate is Mike Trout, the pitch on its way, it's blasted out to dead center field! Out of here! Ball gets away! He's gonna break for the plate! Ball game is over! The Angels with a walk-off win here in the bottom of the ninth inning! This is the Angels Recap Podcast, a review of the past week in Angels baseball. Here's your host, Trent Rush. Oh my goodness, it is good to be back. Hello everybody and welcome to the Angels Recap Podcast. My goodness, a lot of news to unpack this week as hot stove season is off and running. We're going to get to a lot of the big news. We're going to talk about the latest developments in the stadium situation coming up in a bit. We're going to hear from Joe Madden on this podcast. We're going to hear from Artie Moreno on this podcast. Had a chance to talk with both of them on the day that Joe Madden was introduced as Angels Man. So you'll hear from them coming up in just a bit. We're also going to get a chance to spend some time with Angels Hall of Famer Tim Salmon, who's going to be our first uh, featured guest here on this show for the 2019-20 offseason. This is our offseason debut, and we're certainly excited to have you with us. Earlier this week, the Angels did make a trade, which we'll talk more about next week, but do want to mention this here today, a deal with Baltimore that brings Dylan Bundy to the the Angels rotation, Bundy, 27 years old, a right-handed pitcher, ERA 4.67 and 103 career major league starts. Part of the appeal with Dylan Bundy is the Angels were able to get a reliable starter that has really stayed healthy for most of his career. Uh, He's been able to make a lot of starts through most of his major league career. That's a valuable thing, and that's something like I know when the Angels said Ricky Nolasco a couple of years ago that even though his ERA wasn't the greatest greatest in the world. Now, the fact that you could count on this guy every five days, there is value to that. And I think that Dylan Bundy is value in that sense. On top of that, the price for Bundy was low. The Angels traded four minor league pitchers. Only one of them was a prospect, the Angels' number 21 prospect in the top 30. So when you factor all of that in, the Angels were able to bring in Dylan Bundy on the cheap. That's reliable arm, big upside, a former top five pick. He's young, two more years of team control. He's dependable. So when you you think about the ability to make consistent starts, the ability to be available, and the team control thing are all good. Plus the fact that Bundy had um, a sub-5 ERA. Not that sub-5 is the standard. You want better than that, obviously, but he was pitching in the band box that is Camden Yards and you know pitching in a lot of those other AL East parks when you've got to go to New York and not only pitch at Yankee Stadium, but face that Yankees lineup. And the same deal with 
at the Red Sox at Fenway, um, those can inflate your numbers in the American League East. And I think that there is some optimistic that just an environment change and getting to the AL West uh, could be very beneficial for Dylan Bundy. He gets a lot of ground outs. He's also given up uh, a number of home runs. That's an issue for Bundy, but I don't think that we'll see quite as many pitching in the American League West as you do in the American League East. Now, we'll get to a lot more of this coming up in future episodes. We're going to be at the winter meetings beginning on Monday. You'll be able to listen to Halo's Hot Stove 7 p.m. Monday night. Also, you'll be able to hear a second edition from the winter meetings. We're doing two shows from San Diego. That'll be at 5 o'clock on Wednesday. So uh, make sure that you're in your car for that time. And if you miss it, you guys know you can also catch the podcast right here. Another thing about the Bundy trade with Baltimore, and this is no small thing, is because the cost was so low, that's going to allow the Angels to stay in the market for the top names, that top-tier pitcher uh, that the Angels are eyeing. They're going to be in the mix on that, and this gives them a little bit of freedom. Uh, Look, we're not saying that Dylan Bundy is the ace that's now the savior to the rotation. No, he's a nice piece that's going to be reliable, and it's a a nice guy to have that's a a good pitcher that's going to help out this rotation, sure. It's not the sexy name. It's not the big ace, but the Angels now stay in the market for that, and this does give you uh, rotation depth, and that is not a small thing. So uh, yeah, I don't want that to be lost on anybody. Billy Epler has said the Angels remain in the pitching market. He also says and reminded everybody that like the Shohei Otani deal, uh, he prefers to work in the dark. So while you're hearing chatter with all these other teams, he says uh, his way, the Angels' way, is to kind of fly under the radar. So we're not going to hear a whole lot in that sense. This year, the Angels are absolute players when it comes to the offseason. And it seems like every year, I mean, you can go back, gosh, to 2003, how many off-seasons have the Angels won in the Artie Moreno era? Uh, there have been a lot of good off-seasons, and now it's trying to have a good enough off-season to have that translate to the regular season and hopefully into the postseason because this is a organization that is, quite frankly, tired of losing. And you are seeing a group here that is leading this club right now that is willing to do what it takes to make sure that the Angels are contenders. I think everybody is sick and tired of hearing that the Angels are wasting Mike Trout narrative. Everybody is sick of that, quite frankly, because it's not true. That's the biggest part of it. But that being said, the Angels don't have a whole lot of playoff wins in the Trout era to show for it. Zero. So you got to turn that around. And I have a strong, strong feeling. In fact, I know this. The Angels are doing everything they possibly can to turn that around right now. And this is the offseason that in so many ways can make or break this club. And last year's offseason, the Angels made some moves that you thought could work at the time. A couple did, more than a couple didn't. So now it seems like a different approach to this year, and it's something that I've been excited about. And it started the day that Joe Madden was hired to be the Angels manager, and this offseason far from over. I do get the sense that it seems like there's more activity early now than there was a year ago. I don't think we're going to be waiting till February to hear like we did with Bryce Harper and what we did, you know, Dallas Keuchel going into the season. I don't think that's going to happen here in this particular offseason. I think that that was a anomaly last year. I think that that was a realization by clubs, 
by agents, by players, that that didn't work last year. So I think that the timeline is going to be sped up. And that's why I really want to make sure we would have this show live from the winter meetings next week because I, I, I got a hunch there's going to be some action there. And if the action doesn't happen at the winter meetings, I know that's where the conversations will start and we're going to get news shortly thereafter. I, I, that's just a feeling, and I'm really, really excited about that. Now, earlier this week, we got some big news about the Angels staying in Anaheim. Yeah, the city of Anaheim announced a proposed agreement that would keep the Angels in Anaheim through at least 2050. As part of the deal, SRB Management LLC would purchase the stadium and the 133 acres that surround it. Angels owner Artie Moreno is a partner in SRB Management. Now, the proposed agreement will be considered by the Anaheim City Council. That's going to be on December 20th. And uh, Angels owner Artie Moreno did say in a statement, quote, we appreciate the mayor's leadership in working to keep the Angels here in Anaheim, which has been our home for over 50 years. Today is the first step in enabling us to invest in our future by building a winning team and delivering a high-quality fan experience. Now, the OC Register reports it's a $325 million deal. Anaheim Mayor Harry Sadu said in a statement, quote, for every fan who told us to keep the Angels this proposal, would do exactly that, adding that this proposal reflects what we've heard from the community that's keep the Angels a fair land price, money for neighborhoods, ongoing revenue, affordable housing, parks, and jobs for Anaheim. Now, the city of Anaheim did release some details, and among them stated that SRB management would commit to and finance any renovation of Angel Stadium of Anaheim or the building of a new stadium, adding that the land around the stadium could see apartments, condominiums, hotels, and entertainment uses in the next 30 years as part of Anaheim planning for the area known as the Platinum Triangle. Now, the 2020 season will be the Angels' 55th here in Anaheim, and in that time, the Big A has seen more than 122 million fans come to the turnstiles, including attendance figures over 3 million each of the last 17 seasons. In addition to Angels baseball, the Big A has had concerts by U2, the Beach Boys, Rolling Stones, Grateful Dead, Pink Floyd, and Aerosmith, as well as Supercross and Monster Truck and other corporate events. So this is exciting news for the Angels. I'm sure Exciting news for the city of Anaheim as well. I tell you, I'm excited about the optimism of the potential for what could happen here. Uh, I think that this is a great spot. I have always felt that way. Just where the Angels are located, just in terms of freeway access and, and just the parking that's here, and you just think about this piece of property, and I just think that it is a great, great place to uh, watch a baseball game. And uh, yeah, as somebody that was born and raised in the city of Anaheim, I'm pretty fired up that the Angels aren't going anywhere. And that deal through 2020, I believe I saw that there's also part of that deal that could extend another 15 years beyond that. So uh, the Angels uh, in Anaheim, long-term partners, they have been for 55 years and now at least for another 30. You know, I, I just think about this Angels organization, where they are right now, and knowing you have Mike Trout and finally Shohei Otani, the pitcher and the hitter, having that together, and so many great pieces. Uh, Anderson Simmons is still able to do what he does, and I like the group that grew this past year, the rookies and second-year players that got experience last year. I'm, I'm laughing because I, I talked to a lot of Angels fans, and obviously I'm here in the office, and, and I've been traveling a lot. I, I do UC Irvine basketball too, so I've been on the road a lot with them, and you go to different places, you talk to lots of people. This is a team that lost 90 games a year ago that has championship expectations. I, I mean, it, it's playoffs or bust. I, there's no other teams that had the kind of record like the Angels had last year that 
wholeheartedly not just expect but demand to be in the postseason and to be contenders. And we have an owner in Artie Moreno that has never shied away from spending money. Never. So I have a feeling it's just what you spend it on. And the Angels have a lot of holes to fill this year. But there are no holes more important than what the Angels need to do on the pitching side. So we're going to talk about that, uh, hiring Mickey Calloway to be the new pitching coach. For those that maybe haven't been as tuned in over uh, the last couple of months, that's a really big move for me. Former Mets manager, used to pitch with the Angels, had all that success when he was with Cleveland. The years when Mickey Calloway was in Cleveland, the, the Indians had the best ERA over that span when he was their pitching coach. So good to where the Mets said, hey, let's make you the manager. And things didn't work out in New York. But Mickey Callaway is a pitching coach on a Joe Madden staff. That has me fired up. Now you just need the pieces. And there are good pieces in place and an opportunity to get great pieces here this offseason. And I am really excited about the potential for what is to come. Uh, I mentioned next week we're going to be at the winter meetings. We are going to do a couple of things different. You can find me on Twitter, at Trent Rush Sports. We're going to read your best tweets on the year. That's something that we do during Angels Recap during the season. We're going to continue to do that. Some people have already found me on Twitter, and we're going to include those tweets here in the show. But something new that we're going to start next week is I'm going to give you a phone number, and you're going to be able to call that number, leave me a voicemail. So whether you're listening to the radio show live right now, whether you're listening to the re-air on Sunday morning, or if you're listening to this as a podcast, angels.com slash podcast how you can find it it's actually called the angels recap podcast uh, but you can find it there and if you're listening to the podcast right now thank you please hit that subscribe button it means the world to us so please do that uh, however you're taking this show in we want you to be able to be involved and be a part of it that's what i love so much about angels recap and, and why i feel like that's such a great show during the season because no matter what happens at the end of the day, we get to talk together about what happened, and you have this communal feeling to it, and there really is an Angels Recap family, and I want that Angels Recap family to be part of our Halos Hot Stove family and to feel that as well. So if you're listening to the show live, send me some tweets right now at Trent Rush Sports. If you're listening either the podcast or to the Sunday re-air, that's cool too. You can call the number starting next week, leave me a voicemail, and we're going to get the best uh, voicemails on the air for the next show. I do demand a couple of things, though. It's either got to be creative, smart, funny, or all of the above. Okay, that's the way you get on the air. So if nobody if nobody qualifies, then so be it. I want I want to hear from the smartest, funniest, most creative Angels fans out there because I know you're out there, and many of you are quite witty too. I see the tweets, whether I hit the like button or not, I see them. I know the kind of stuff you guys say, and it's funny a lot of times. That's good, and we'll get some of that on the air. Uh, it makes for a good program. All right, it has been. Uh, already a really busy offseason. I feel like in the two months since it has been, uh, since the Angels played their last game, a little over two months now, just how crazy uh, everything has been, particularly with the signing of Joe Madden and how big of a move that was for this club, really turning the page on 2019 and jumping into the next decade uh, feet first and going all in by bringing back a manager that was not only considered to be the best manager on the market. The Angels got the best guy you could possibly bring in. But on top of that, 
the fit with the Angels and the history in 31 years as uh, a member of this organization, from minor league player to scout to bench coach to interim manager a couple of times, Joe Madden uh, is as connected as one could possibly be in the Angels family, and to have that key piece of the Angels family back in the organization as manager is a big deal. And on the day of his press conference, we had a chance to chat down in the field. Joe, first of all, welcome home after 31 years a part of this organization. Now, not just skipper, but permanent skipper. I know you've had the interim title a couple of times, and now you're back here leading this organization in that way. Uh, What's this day like for you? Um, It's it's, uh, hard to describe because there is so much wrapped into it emotionally, career-wise, because people really don't know how I started or where I started or what that looked like. So, And I'm not going to sit here and try to paint uh, this, this awkward picture, but... I know, and Jay knows, and my mom knows, and my sister knows. So to be able to be standing here under these circumstances, um, see your name up there like that as you walk in the building, um, and knowing how, how sincere my interest is and how much um, I'm willing or ready to pour back into it, um, it's perfect. Joe, you mentioned Mark Langston right at the top yeah. uh, in your yeah. speech there before we got started and the connection with the alumni. How important do you feel that is? I know you talked about it. Obviously, it's important to you, but you see it with other organizations. Just how does that translate to winning? Um, there's, there's, there's a pride factor and there's a traditional factor. I think some of the best organizations ever uh, nurtured their tradition. And when you have uh, such wonderful names and former players, that these the younger players need to know these guys. They need to know them. I did uh, coming up. I mean, I revered. Uh, like Bobby Bonds was part of the first group of the Angels. Bill Melton, when I first uh, signed, was they did a special talk for us um, down in uh, spring training. Bruce Bockby, great guy, great guy that I got to know in spring training. So I want our guys to know these guys. And I'm telling you, there's going to be one conversation that's going to make a difference with somebody. Even one thought. It really comes down to thoughts. If you could transmore, uh, transmit a thought to somebody that they can incorporate and then utilize in their own day, whether it's baseball or not, it can make all the difference in the world. Joe, it's been cool seeing so many people here to celebrate you today and what's a great day for the organization. I want to talk business for a second, though, sure. because you lose 90 games in a season, trying to bounce back from that's not an easy thing to do. What are some of the first steps that have to happen for this Angel team and this organization to get back on track? Well, we got to be on the same fundamental page. It really starts with simplicity. Uh, there's no complicated answer to this at all. When I was with the Rays, I went with that 9 equals 8 slogan in 2008. And what I try to get the guys to understand is I wanted nine more wins from the pitching staff somehow, nine more wins from the hitting somehow, and nine more wins from the defense somehow. Now, what does that mean? I'm not 100% sure. Uh, I'm going to try to get the, uh, the analytics dudes to actually define something like that. How do you find nine there, nine there? That's 27. I'll take it. If you could add those number of wins on this previous season, we're in pretty good shape at the end of next one. Um, so you want to make it lofty, uh, realistic. But Mike, I think it was Michelangelo said, uh, uh, if you don't aim high enough, the, the, the threat is that you might hit your mark. So I've always aimed high, and that's what I want us to do this year. Obviously, high expectations from you. And, and, you know, Artie Moreno's talked about that, too. You see the players on this team. You think, hey, this should be a playoff team in many ways. Obviously, you got to get some pitching. But there are, uh, as far as the hitting side goes, there's a lot of players. When you got Mike Trout, you got to find a way into the playoffs, right? Agreed. Um, and, <laughs> excuse me. As I get to be with them more on a daily basis, I'll have a better idea what the, the answer that I want to give you. But, yes, I mean, when you got Mike there and, um, and uh, Atani there and Simmons at shortstop, Albert's. Uh, coming off some really good numbers at the end of last year. There's so much to go there. Um, 
uh, I'm, I'm really excited about the whole thing. Justin Upton, I know the Upton family really well. Cole Calhoun, I don't know exactly what his, uh, what his status is yet, but there's so many good players here. I'm really eager to get to work with them. Joe, what does this all mean to you? To be here right now, knowing everything you've been through, uh, we, we remember that moment after the 2016 World Series, and we remember seeing you on the field in 2002. To be standing here right now as manager, what does this all mean as you think about well, it? I mean, people always want their dreams to come true. I want my surrealisms to come true. That's kind of what this is. I mean, think about it. I mean, you have no idea. Like I said, I mean, I was here in 19, I didn't mention this, in 1982 with my Idaho Fault, no, my Salem Angel team in 1982. We were playing, we worked out at Cal Fullerton, came over here after I think of the White Sox Angel game, played a little game here, my guys on this field, but we might have played a college team. We played right here before we played our first game in uh, Salem. And I really sold it out to the guy, I said, listen, you just played on a big league ballpark, big league field. You played there. Any kind of nervousness you possibly can have, leave it there, and let's go. We won the we won the um, the title that year with a 34 and 36 record. We beat the uh, Medford Angels, who I think were 53 and 17 or something crazy like that. They had one of the best records ever in minor league baseball. But that group that started right here on this field, after a day game, I think it was on a Sunday. Um, so I'm looking at that right now. There's Kevin Davis. There's Mark McLemore. There's uh, Chris Klein, there's uh, David Govea, there's, there's uh, Kirk McCaskill eventually became part of that team, uh, Bobby Kipper. Uh, it's pretty special. Joe, I have a million baseball questions I want to ask you. We're going to have to do it another time. Thank but, you, hey, hey, thank you so much for doing this today, and congratulations. Uh, and, and I tell you what, it's sure an exciting day for Angels baseball. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. all the fans out there, too. Thank you. We're going to have to find a way to have Joe Madden on Halo's Hot Stove at some point this offseason. We're, we're going to find a way. We're going to do that because I just love how cerebral Joe is and even dropping like the Michelangelo quote that if you don't set the bar high enough, the biggest fear is that you could hit your mark. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that sticks with you. That's, that's really good. And that's the kind of leadership that Joe Madden's going to bring. That's the kind of message that's going to connect with players. That's how he's connected to players for 31 years, including guys like Tim Salmon, who's going to be on the show coming up a little bit later on, so you want to make sure that you stick around for that. Hey, get your red on. Support your Angels during every home game in 2020 with Angels Season Seats. For more information on becoming a Season Seat holder, call 888-796-HALO or visit angels.com slash season seats. You know, I was talking about how Artie Moreno has never been afraid to spend money on this organization. From the offseason where he signs Vlad Guerrero and Bartolo Colon uh, to going out and getting um, great players like Albert Pujols. And, you know, at the time, C.J. Wilson was the best free agent pitcher on the market. At the time, Josh Hamilton was the best player available. And I, I know that I see Alejandro behind the window saying, please, no, don't mention that name. But reality is, at the time of that signing, that, that was a big get. And that's what I'm getting to is that this organization since 2003, and, and and I don't want to take too much. I mean, you go back to the Gene Autry era, too. And, I mean, you look when free agency began, you know, the Angels became a destination for many, many great free agents over the course of time. So it's not like this is anything new. But particularly since Artie Moreno bought the club, uh, going after the biggest names every offseason has always been a part of what this organization is all about. And really... Uh, going back to the day that Joe was introduced as Angels manager, 
it really felt like a celebration. It felt like a homecoming. It just felt like a party at the Big A. And it was so great to see so many Angels employees there. It was a wonderful ceremony out on the field to get ready for that. And we had a chance to speak with Angels owner Artie Moreno uh, that day as well. Thank you for putting on what is a great homecoming for Joe Madden. How exciting is it to you to see Joe back here as manager of the Angels? We're really excited. I mean, I'm excited for the fans, and we just need to get back on the winning track and uh, had unbelievable support from the fans. And uh, just, uh, you know, the last few years have been uncomfortable and uh, spent a lot of time really in the last year and in a short off season so far, right? Yeah. No kidding. There, there hasn't been a, a day off to breathe. There's been a lot going on. And you heard Joe talk about the Angel way and bringing that style of baseball back. How important is it to you to have a manager that believes in the history of this organization and everything that is to be offered there? Well, I, I think it's important for two things. One is that we, we do have a lot of alumni players that want to be involved and around. But we want, you know, we want a team that's going to be on the field, that's going to have fun, play hard, uh, and we need to be get back to success. And um, and um, you know, for, from our part is we got to make the right decisions on who we acquire or how we trade, and how we run the business. If not, you know, it's it's not any fun for anyone. We want to make sure people come to the ballpark, they have fun. Absolutely, and that's what Angel Baseball is all about. Gosh, just hearing from Joe, it's he's having fun at that press conference. That was that was pretty good. You know, we, we met a couple weeks ago just to talk, and uh, it was fun seeing him again. We've, we've stayed in touch all these years when you know Tampa came out or Chicago or when we were back in the Midwest. But uh, so we've always stayed in touch with each other, and I just thought it was a great opportunity. He wanted to come back. We wanted him to come back, and so it worked out great. Yeah, perfect fit and a homecoming today. Joe has talked a lot about the relationships and how important that is. And obviously, you and Joe have a very good relationship. Can, can you maybe tell us a little bit about how far back that goes and a little bit into some of the insights there? Well, uh, I bought the team in 03. And um, so I got to meet, obviously, the coaches. And I would come to BP and locker room and m multiple spring trainings. and. Um, so for me, you know, the relationship has always been great. Uh, you know, they're fun guys to talk to. He likes, you know, likes to have a glass of wine and tell stories. And so, it's, you know, it's just it's a fun part of the business for me. Uh, last night we had a dinner, and you know, some of the guys, some of the players, ex-players showed up and watched the game last night and had dinner. And um, you know, just talk baseball, watch baseball, and. Uh, so it's, it's fun. This is a really fun part. A lot of people think that when the season's over, we're, we're not doing anything. But five days after the World Series ends, it's when spring training starts. And then we have arbitration going in. Winter meetings here, probably a month and a half. And we have owners meetings in a couple of weeks. And uh, so it's a lot of baseball stuff going on. In, in many ways, it feels like the 2020 season started last week when the Angels announced uh, Joe Madden as manager. It has started. And, now, you know, and the front office people, you know, everybody's trading notes on who's going to be available or what, what's happening. Uh, and, um, you know, we have spring training in like 110 days, I think, pitchers, catchers. So, 
And you can't wait till February to find pitchers. So, yeah. yeah, no doubt that has been something that this team is in need of. And uh, Artie, you said something a few minutes ago just about how it's supposed to be fun. And I know a lot of times losing losing's never fun, but no fun. yeah, losing's no fun. But you get Joe Bank and you talk about the relationships with the alumni and the people around. That kind of a fun atmosphere. How much do you think that that can translate on the field with this team? Well, I, I think anything you do, if you're having fun at it, it, it you know, I mean, you could be having a really tough work. There's a lot of people out there that really have tough jobs and if they're having fun there uh, it makes a better better place to be you know somebody's got the thumb on you that doesn't work so well yeah. already sincerely appreciate the time today I know you have a lot of other stops to get to I know you gotta already thank you so much yeah fans out there thank you for listening and showing up and being fans love you guys and thanks to Artie for the time there. A busy, busy man on a busy day, and uh, no question, we certainly appreciate that. Okay, okay, okay. I know what you guys all came to hear. You want to know if Garrett Cole is going to sign with the Angels. I've seen the billion tweets that you guys have sent to me over the last couple of months. Actually, this goes back to, like, July. Uh, Angels fans started getting on that train. We're going to talk about that coming up a little bit later on. Hey, Angels fans, you can visit the Angel Stadium team store Monday through Saturday all year long. Shop the best deals and newest merchandise. Visit angels.com slash team store for more information and store hours. I see some of your tweets right now, and you can find me at Trent Rush Sports on Twitter. Uh, we're going to have a voicemail set up in the future as well so you can get in on that i'm going to read some of your tweets a little bit later on in the show answer some of the really pressing questions that are out there particularly regarding the angels pitching staff and garrett cole and i know some of you have some other creative ideas that i like that too i'm going to explain a little bit later on why it's not cole or bust for the angels i do think that garrett cole is plan a for the angels but i don't think that if that weren't to happen that the Angels offseason could be a bust because there are a lot of other things the Angels could do to get real creative and could could help this team become a contender immediately. But one of the great parts of this show is we have more time to have really uh, longer formatted conversations and we get to really kind of get in depth with a lot of great people. We're going to have a great list of Angel alumni. They're going to join us on this show. We're going to have uh, current players come on. Coaches are going to come on the show. That's the, the best part about this is we can just take the time and actually have a, a great conversation. And we did that with Tim Salmon. So now I want to share with you my conversation with the Kingfish, Tim Salmon. Tim Salmon is with us here on Halo's Hot Stove. We just had a chance to hear from Joe Madden, hear from Artie Moreno, uh, talking about Joe Madden being the new skipper of the Halos. And I know that Fish has quite a history with Joe Madden, and we're excited to have him on right now. Fish, first of all, happy Thanksgiving. How you doing? I'm doing great, Trent. It was a great Thanksgiving. Always good to be you know, here in Arizona this time of year with lots of family around. Yeah, that's awesome. Awesome. Happy to hear that. Hey, you were out here uh, for a lot of the excitement lately. I know that we had a chance to see uh, our mutual friend Tim Mead get uh, inducted into the Orange County Youth Sports Foundation's Hall of Fame, and that was pretty cool to see everybody out there for that. And uh, I know that you and I spoke at that event for a moment about your relationship with Joe and just how exciting it is for the Angels to have him be the new manager of this club. But can you tell me, or could you, would you mind sharing a little bit about your background with Joe and just how far back that goes? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's really interesting. Joe, I've known Joe from the very first day I got in this organization. 
and that was in 1989 in the draft. And um, when I got, I was a third round pick, and Tim Kelly was a scout, and he was supposed to come out to my house and sign me, but I guess he had an, an illness or something. And so they called upon Joe Madden, who was at the time. Uh, in the minor leagues with the Angels, and I think he was the player development guy, or he did something uh, with the organization there in Arizona, and um, you know at their minor league facilities. So Joe came out and actually came into my house and sat down at my kitchen table, and um, you know negotiated my first professional contract with the Angels, and it was just so um, you know at the time I didn't think much of it. It wasn't you know that big of a deal. He was just an Angel representative, and. But um, as the years have gone by and our careers have gone on, it's just kind of one of those ironies in life to, to think that, um, you know, the Joe Madden that we see today, the, the manager um, of, you know, a few different clubs now and um, just kind of the, the, the Major League Baseball guru, is, you know, was the guy that signed me my first contract. This is back before we both were nobodies, you know, just uh, minor league personnel. So it's it's been you know, pretty interesting to watch uh, watch what he's done, and and just to know that we have that history is pretty cool. I just think that that's crazy. I mean, talk about small world, and then see you two both take off. Though I'm sure that there are some folks that uh, had a feeling both of you uh, would go on to have the careers that you had. Hey, uh, Tim, I'm I'm curious to know just your perspective on what kind of a manager you think Joe Madden's going to be for this organization. Well, you know, the one thing about Joe, he's pretty true to himself, and. Uh, I think what he was back when I saw him has, um, you know, or I knew him back in the minor leagues and then through the, the days with the angels in the big leagues uh, is probably going to still be what you're going to get today. Uh, he, he's very much a, uh, an eternal optimist kind of guy. He's um, he thinks outside the box. He's always looking for new ways to, you know, to do something or, you know, to skin the cat. I mean, he's, he's not um, opposed to different ideas. Um, I think he looks for ways to motivate guys that are different than what you might see, you know, and, and some other managers. Uh, I do think he's a, he's a fundamental guy, uh, you know, much in the mold of so- Mike Sosha. Um, you know, you're going to see the fundamentals of this organization get back to where they need to be. Uh, you're going to see things like, you know, bunting and hitting and running. And I think you're going to see an emphasis on base running and doing those things that, um, you know, really, Mike Sosha was the, you know, the mastermind behind all that. But, you know, a lot of that was Joe Madden as well. And, you know, we saw that when I was coming up to the minor leagues. I mean, Joe was, uh, you know, meticulous and, you know, crossing all your T's and dotting all your I's and making sure all the boxes are checked and, you know, leaving no stone unturned. So, um, you know, it just it just looks a little different under the Joe Madden flag than I think it, it does under uh, like a Mike Sosha flag of the past. Um but, uh, you know, I think those are some of the things that off the top of my head I'd, I'd be looking to see. I think, you know, he, 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 does, um, he does a lot of things that maybe come across as uh, Mickey Mouse or, you know, whatever, but it's yeah. not for the public. I mean, he does that for the players. He knows the heartbeat of his team. He knows what, um, what is needed at, you know, varying points of the season to either motivate or to loosen guys up or to help guys keep the game fun and keep it in the right perspective. And, um, again, you know, to the outside world, some of this stuff looks goofy, but, um, you know, he's all about what it takes to get 25 guys in that clubhouse uh, performing at their best and their, um, you know, optimum performance. So, uh, you know, I, I think that's the one thing about Joe. He's comfortable in his own skin. Um, 
and you know this is the new era i mean this is a new age of you know anything goes in a sense that you can try out new things and you know and and i, I think he's he's perfect for the job right now I just think he's such a just an interesting cerebral guy. Just the way he sees leadership and just everything that goes into the mental side of baseball is pretty fascinating to me. You know, one of the things he said in his press conference, uh, we're talking with Tim Salmon right now, Angel Great, Angel Hall of Famer. Um, at his press conference, he talked about wanting to bring back a lot of the Angels alumni and the people that have been a core part of this organization for many, many years, like he was, 31 years in the organization, but you know, a lot of others too. I mean, he, he mentioned you in his press conference. He mentioned Mark Langston in that press conference. What kind of an impact can or excuse, what kind of value do you think it brings to the club to have some of those that have been there before that have been a, a major part of the culture of angels baseball to have that back in the organization how important is that well you know to me it seems like it's important and i i, I go back to when i was the age of these young players playing the game and when i see bobby grits come around or i you know shoot you know, anywhere you went, you'd go to another stadium and you see a great on the field, you know, from that organization. Um, it, it, to me as a player, it just, it just reinforces kind of where you're at. And it, and in a lot of instances when you can um, play or uh, have the relationship with those guys, you know, there's, there's stuff to be gleaned from those relationships. There's information that might help you down the road. Uh, you know, when you're a young player, uh, you know, some guys are just trying to figure it out and, and, you know they're they're open to ideas and other guys think they got it figured out but at the end of the day you know everybody that's you know come back around the ballpark as a as an older player we will all say that you know what we continue to learn something new about this game till the very last day we left it there's always something new to be learned and um you just don't know where the source is going to be that you know you might get that information from so to have more of those old guys around that you know and it's not like you want them to run as coaches necessarily, but just to be around, just to get to, you know, build relationships with some of these guys. And maybe, you, you know, you have a conversation somewhere along the road that something, you know, clicks or something said that um, maybe makes a difference. But at the end of the day, you know, I mean, I think that's what a, those kind of guys can do in that situation. But I think at the end of the day also, it just helps the players understand that there's a, there's a tradition with the Angels. There's a, there's a, um, a history where there's been a lot of great players that have come before you and, um, you know, just, just kind of giving you that mindset that, um, you know, what you're doing today is part of the bigger picture. You know, you're playing for an organization that has a storied past and, you know, a lot of great things have happened and, you know, kind of it's your responsibility to take hold of that responsibility and, and, and do something with it so that you can someday pass that torch on to somebody else and, um, you know, keep this organization, you know, you know, going in the direction that, you know, all the guys that came before you, you know, put it on that path. So, um, you know, maybe, maybe I'm, you know, reaching there a little bit, but I, to me, that's the way I would have thought as a player. Yeah, I don't think you are, and I think that the the history of Angels baseball is a lot more rich than people realize. We've had a, a baseball historian that lives in Orange County, Chris Epting. It's a friend of the show, and, and he has talked about just how rich the Angels baseball history is, and it goes way back. I mean, even before uh, Gene Autry bought the team and, and basically started them in uh, in L.A. before Anaheim, and just how deep it goes into the PCL days. I mean, I mean, the Angels have been a major part of the baseball fabric for a long time, and a lot of great players have rolled through there. 
And we're hoping that uh, the current group of great players will have some more greats joining them this offseason. So, uh, Fish, I want to ask you, if you were Artie Moreno or Billy Epler and you're going into this offseason right now, here still about a week away from the beginning of the winter meetings, what kind of things would you be looking to do to improve this team? <laughs> well, there's no secret. I mean, you got to find starting pitching. But I think you also have, you know, 30 other teams out there that are looking to do the same thing. Um, everybody's looking for starting pitching, and it's just the bigger question is, you know, really going in, knowing what you're capable of, you know, spending and, um, you know, how, how that would affect the makeup of this team, not only this upcoming year, but in years down the road. Um, you know, it, it's a weird day and age. <clears throat> Um, with the financial, with the finances of things, I mean, you know, the, the superstar players that you want to get, I mean, they're, they command such high contracts, and I, I don't disparage any of them for that. I mean, they're, they've, in my mind, they've earned that. They've earned that right. But the challenge is, is that, you know, some of these contracts in years are getting so far out there that, um, you know, the, the, the likelihood of them, you know, being able to fulfill the, the length of that contract at the level that, we would like to have them um, is, you know, the angels have seen firsthand what that looks like. You know, we've had a few contracts that have extended out beyond maybe the productive playing days of some of these players. And, and you can see how it, you know, might um, handicap the team a little bit, you know, if you want to say it like that, or, you know, just put you in a position where maybe, you know, you can't go out there each year to do some of the things you want to do. And, so, you know, and I say that, you know, if I was the general manager, you know, that's always in the back of your mind. It's like, okay, how much are we willing to spend? And, you know, <clears throat> you know, and, and, and what is that going to do to this organization, you know, five years down the road? So yeah. um, it's not a, it's not an enviable position necessarily to be in Epler's position. I mean, everybody would like to think, oh, great. You got a, an owner like Artie Marino, who's going to open up the wallet to the, this year to, make it happen he's told everybody you know it's about you know got to get this great team on the field this year and get you know great starting pitching but there's a lot of pressure that comes with that because you know you will be the one on the hook for any guy you sign and if it doesn't you know you're, you're talking big contracts and if they don't pan out you know that's on you so um good position to be in for the angels not so you know I, but you know it's it's a it's a double-edged sword you know it's a kind right. of a catch-22 you know so but I think that's what I'd be looking for starting pitching. Yeah, I, I think that that seems to be uh, pretty clear that that's the direction the Angels want to go. Uh, Tim, like, just a couple more because I'm curious just for you on a personal level. You have been uh, always a, a major part of this organization from the day uh, you were signed uh, by Joe to be a part of the Angels organization. But um, now you're back in a TV role. You've been doing that for a couple of years now. I, I'm just curious to know what it's like for you to be back in this kind of a capacity and to be on TV talking about the angels being here for so many home games, especially this last season. What's it like for you to, to be back? Yeah. You know, it's, it's very gratifying. Um, you know, if you enjoy what you do, you'll, you know, you'll, you'll never have to work a day in your life. And I, I tell you what, right now to call it work, <laughs> it's really, you know, I, I'm, I'm embarrassed to call what I do work. I mean, I really enjoy what I'm doing. Um, it's great to be around really my family i mean it's it, yeah it's my second family but you know you think of all the over the years all the time i spent there at the stadium um with so many of the different people in the front office there or, you know down on the field uh it really is my second home and it's it's not much you don't have to twist my arm much to you know get me to go out there and do what i'm doing and um and it's something i know uh, you know I'm, I'm a talker as you know 
I like to talk. But more than that, uh, I, I like to I like to talk baseball. I like to get into the, the X's and O's of what's going on, and um, you know, I, I like those discussions, and I like being able to break down things and set things up, and maybe give insight into something that's a little different than what everybody else is saying. So it's it's really you know kept me sharp and you know stretched me where I need to be stretched, and uh, you know, I'm really just provide a lot of enjoyment for me and and uh, my self-esteem and all that kind of stuff so really enjoying it yeah I, you know i'm enjoying it because i get to be a fly on the wall when you and mark langston have fish talk before games and you're talking about that kind of strategy and all that goes into that i, I don't know uh, how many of our, our listeners i'm sure have heard a lot about fish talk because terry smith always brings it up but just the fact that that's that's how you know everybody's like going into these games and those baseball discussions and what's the topic of the day going to be you kind of stay into everything and i just think that that's really really cool and i'll just tell you i've learned a ton from you guys uh, that have been there at the highest level and just getting to you know pick your guys's brains is fantastic i absolutely love it and um you know being a student of the game i think is, is a big thing for everybody and that's part of what joe madden's gonna bring i have a feeling uh, to this organization which fires me up too hey you're getting to teach as well i know you won a state championship last year with your high school team in arizona are you guys uh in fall ball what's the schedule are you coaching right now what's happening there no, I don't. Um, I have some guys that will do that for me that are okay. running our, our winter program, and we're just kind of getting the details together, you know, about now for next season starting in February. So, um, you know, looking forward to an exciting year. You know, I got a, some good players this year. I got a kid that might be a first round pick. Um, you know, maybe someday he'll be in an Angels uniform. I don't know. Um, pretty, pretty um, awesome left handed pitcher. So, I'm excited about that. But, yeah, just coaching. Uh, I love coaching. It, you know, I get a chance to be a mentor and build into these young guys' lives, and and uh, and at the same time, coach and do what I know, you know, so well. And um, it's kind of the perfect storm for me. Um, you know, as much as you know, I feel like I could probably do it at the professional level. It, it, it's it's quite a <laughs> a bit different commitment level. Um, right now, I enjoy the commitment that I can give to the high school team and. And then the commitment time that I have to give it back to my family and to the angels and things like that, you know, uh, on the TV side of things. So um, life's pretty good right now. I've got a good balance. And uh, like anything in life, I mean, you're looking for balance in whatever it is you're doing. And I feel like I'm there right now. I love hearing that. Tim, I'm looking forward to seeing you out at spring training. If I don't talk to you before then, I'm sure we will. But if not, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and, and thanks for coming on Halo's Hot Stuff. Hey, Trent, you know that anytime I miss our conversations and I do miss our fish talks, that's for sure. <laughs> can't, wait to, can't wait to resume them here in a few months. All right, sounds good. Enjoy the offseason. Take care, Tim. All right, thank you. Bye. Tim Salmon's the best, and we certainly appreciate having him. You know, going back to some of the news of today, I, I did think it was pretty interesting that there were a couple reports. It was John Heyman who said that Garrett Cole – uh, was meeting with the Yankees and that the Yankees were also uh, interested in Steven Strasburg. And then Bob Nightingale goes out and he puts on Twitter that the Dodgers are interested in Rendon and Strasburg and they're dealing with trying to get those guys, but no mention of Garrett Cole with the Dodgers. But part of what Heyman's report was was that Garrett Cole and the Yankees could seem like a fit. The Yankees are going all in with the exception that the Yankees are 
are a little bit leery that they could be left at the altar for Garrett to go to the Angels or Dodgers. So I thought that was interesting that the Yankees uh, the, the Yankees see the Dodgers as a threat, but Bob Nightingale's reporting that you know maybe not necessarily and there's a lot of talk about the cost it's going to be and the Dodgers have been very um, very rigid financially about what they feel a player is worth and not going above that. So maybe that takes them out of play. Maybe they do feel like that they have to make a push for Garrett. I mean, I don't know who wouldn't want Garrett Cole with the ability that he has and, and can you know, we understand you know, being in Southern California and the value there. I will say this, though, and this is – I think it's important for some fans to remember, too, and you're seeing it a lot, and it's not just the Garrett Cole thing – the hometown discounts and the idea of that, maybe that plays a bit of a role, but when you're talking about the hundreds of millions of dollars we're talking about, the world gets real small, and it's pretty easy to travel, especially as comfortably as many of these people can travel and can travel their families for. So the idea of the hometown discount and, and the the hometown advantage, I don't see that. And we were on the other side of this, right, with Mike Trout last year with the talk that, oh, he's going to go to the Phillies, oh, he's going to go to the Yankees. Well, no, Mike Trout wanted to be here. He wanted to be an angel. And, you know, Mike Trout is a different breed. And, and by the way, I've mentioned uh, I, I've mentioned all these things. I didn't even mention that Mike Trout did receive the MVP for this year. So if you've been living under a rock, congratulations to Mike on a third MVP. Uh, but, you know, going, going back to what I was saying is that if Garrett Cole does choose to come to the Angels, it's because he believes that this is an organization that can win and get him a ring. I mean, that's, that's the decision. And it's going to be, you know, any team that's offering him – is going to offer him crazy money. So he's getting the crazy money no matter what, and he's going to go somewhere where he thinks he can win and somewhere that can be a good fit. I mean, you just think about the potential the Angels have. I, I did notice, like Alejandro did talk about this just a second ago. We were talking in the last commercial break how the market does appear to be dwindling a little bit for that second-tier pitcher, that mid-rotation starter. Jake Odorizzi's off the tail, uh, table. Kyle Gibson's off the table. So those kind of names, and now you're hearing like the Hyunjin Ryu talks and um, you know it's not just about Cole and Strasburg the Angels have talked about needing two starting pitchers and some of the bigger names are going to maybe not the biggest names but Zach Wheeler going to Philly and also Cole Hamels going to Atlanta those are names that would be that second tier pitcher maybe Wheeler would be like a two plus tier kind of guy but we're seeing names falling off that other teams are picking up. So you want this to get done because you want to sign the big name first and then see how much money you have left to go after that next guy. And I think that that's probably where the Angels are at in the catcher situation as well. Joe Hill has a question at Joe Hill 587 who says, Pitching is the absolute priority this offseason. But is a trade for Chris Bryant at all realistic? Simmons, Marge, Jones, Maiton for Bryant? Then extend him with all the money from losing Pujols uh, that comes off the books in 2022. That's an interesting idea, Joe. And that's part of why I said earlier in the show it might not necessarily be Cole or Bust. Yes, I completely agree with you. And every fan listening right now, pitching is no doubt the priority. But there are interesting names, and the Cubs have talked about being willing to potentially trade Chris Bryant. The New York Post put out the story about how you could move Mookie Betts and why the Angels could be a fit for Mookie Betts 
if they were to take on the money that comes to the contracts of Evaldi and Price. That's a huge amount of cash to take on, and I could understand taking on, it'd be a lot easier pill to swallow to take on one of those guys as opposed to both, but man, imagine an outfield of Betts, Trout, and Adele? Are you kidding me? That just gets me so excited. I mean, it's not. it might not even be real. There's a lot of things right now, a lot of talk that isn't real right now. But you can understand why there is excitement. It seems like things are not so hunky-dory for Nolan Arnato in Colorado. And maybe they could be willing to move him even after giving him the eight-year deal last year. That still could be on the table. I know there's the Lindor conversation. Could Cleveland trade him? Um, you know, the Dodgers have been interested that way. So there are other names out there. Pitching is the priority for the Angels. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. However, there are other ways the Angels could go. I still feel that Garrett Cole would be plan A for the Angels. Um, but signing another one of those big names, it's not like that. I, I can't even call that plan B because that would be outstanding. Mo Jadden season uh, at Angels Central, uh, creative Mo Jadden, uh, has written in. He goes, what pitching options besides Cole Strasburg or Wheeler interest you the most? I mean, I'm just kind of looking at like the non-tendered guys at that point because, like I mentioned, that, that mid-tier pitcher market is dwindling. Um, like Kevin Gossman got non-tendered. I'm not saying that that you know that guy would be like a fourth or fifth starter. I think in the Angels rotation, um, you know Aaron Sanchez struggled last year, but has shown you know glimpses of upside. I think he'd be like a fifth or sixth guy in the rotation. Um, you know, there there are some of these guys. Javi Guerra it, it got non-tendered, so you could go pick him up uh, relatively cheap. And so there are a few of these names out there, but those are all back of the rotation guys. And the Angels, I think, have quite a bit of depth in that sense. You just need that top tier guy, and the Angels are going to continue working on that. I appreciate all the questions and all the people that have been writing in. Uh, Tim Roberto asks, is this going to be available on a pod? Well, if you're listening to this on a podcast, you already have the answer to that. Yes, it is. The Angels Recap Podcast uh, is how you can do it. Um, Listen to the show anytime. It's a big part of uh, what we do here in the offseason. Jason Newman says, with the winter meetings a week away, what should the Angels do to make a big splash? I believe we're in need of a st- two starting pitchers, a catcher, a closer, a second baseman, and a third baseman. Will the Angels bring back Cozart next year? Please sign Cole Strasburg or Wheeler. I'll tell you what, I think some of those holes that you mentioned are covered because David Fletcher is legit. Tommy Lastella is legit, but I do agree that two starting pitchers and a catcher are a priority. As for Zach Cozart, uh, I'll just say this on record right now. I think he's going to have to earn the job in spring training, even uh, with what he's being paid now coming into the final year of that contract. Well, an absolutely loaded first show. Thanks to owner Artie Moreno. Uh, thanks to Joe Madden, Angel's new manager, and thanks to Tim Salmon for coming on the program. Thanks to Alejandro Valenzuela for helping us out behind the scenes. My name is Trent Rush. Thanks to all of you for participating and listening here to the offseason debut of Halo's Hot Stove. We'll be back on Monday live from the winter meetings in San Diego. Talk to you then. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.